Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. We're like two weeks in on figuring it out right now, and we're close to 30,000 downloads in the first two weeks. So we'll be what I did with Build Your Network in a fraction of the time with a fraction of the episodes. That is Travis Chapel. If you don't know him, he is the host of the Build Your Network podcast and also a new show called Figuring It Out. He's also the founder of Guestio.com, which if you don't know, it's a platform that lets you get access to some of the best guests in the world and also get access to some of the best podcasts that you can pay directly to be a guest on. Now today, Travis and I sit down and chat about what he did, exactly what he did with his new podcast, Figuring It Out, to get it to go from zero to 30,000 downloads in just a few weeks. And also some of the biggest shifts he's made as a podcaster in his journey to really start getting traction from a growth standpoint, so downloads and subscribers and listeners, and then also from a revenue standpoint from his uh, previous, his original show, Build Your Network. Um, he's probably done around 1,000 plus interviews in his life, and I think he's an amazing resource when it comes to understanding how to leverage a podcast and use it as a business tool. If you are a business owner listening to this podcast, and you can learn a ton from this episode, all right? If you have an offer that you're selling, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's um, a course, maybe it is a SaaS or a software service, maybe it is um, consulting, whatever it is, um, there's some things in here you can learn through Travis's journey and also from a, just from a standpoint of how to grow an audience that he's done really well. And then also make sure you check out guestio.com because I think that is an amazing resource for podcasters or people who want to get on podcasts. So links will be in the show notes, everything we discuss. But for now, let's check out this interview, Travis Chappell. Welcome to How to Get Your First 100,000 Podcast Listeners, where we talk about the very granular how-to tactics, as well as the big picture thinking you need to grow and multiply your listener base. My name is Luis Diaz. Let's dive in. All right, cool. So it's been a long time coming. Uh, Travis, dude, I've seen your ads. I've seen Guestio. I've seen kind of what you've built. I think a lot of my clients have actually had you on their podcast, man. Um, funny enough, so it's been it's been a long time. So yeah. um, good to have you here. Uh, I think for those who don't know, and I know you've you've 
got the podcast, build your network, and you've built a lot of really cool things in the podcasting space. Um, I want to focus this conversation around how you launch yours and what you do differently. Cause a lot of people listening to this have are in that phase or they just gotten their podcast off the ground. Um, but as a yeah. quick background, they've probably heard the intro by analysis, they skip through it, but just give us a really quick, you know, why'd you get started in podcasting? And then like, you know, yeah, let's start with that. That sounds good. Sure. So I'll give you kind of, you know, pulled out 30,000 foot view. Um, so I grew up really kind of in a strict religious community. Um, kind of was the path that that pushed, put me on was one where I ended up in Bible college at right out of high school. The interesting thing though, was that it was the same campus that I went to high school on, which is the same campus I went to middle school on, which is the same campus I went to elementary school on. So I went from kindergarten to college on the same 40 acre campus, uh, which was the same campus my church was. So it was very, very much like a closed off environment. And by the time I graduated college, I kind of realized I didn't want to be doing that. Um, and that wasn't really the the direction I felt like I should be going in. Uh, but at that point, I was already graduating from college. So I ended up with a degree in Bible and church ministries, double major. And uh, the thing about a degree in Bible and church ministries is it doesn't really like roll out the red carpet in terms of career options. Um, and what made it even slightly worse was that my degree happened to be unaccredited. So I had an unaccredited Bible degree, which again, doesn't really help you go get the job that you want. So I did basically the only thing I knew how to do at the time, which was door-to-door sales. I'd done door-to-door in college and uh, did pretty well with it. And so I just kind of like figured, Hey, it's probably better for me to do door-to-door where I can, you know, uh, it's a hundred percent commission door-to-door, but I would rather do this and be able to pull six figures at 22 rather than go sit in an office somewhere listening to a boss that I don't respect and making 30 K. So I just went, uh, went all out on door-to-door, made six figures. And then by the end of the first year, I was basically like, I don't want to do this long-term either, you know? So now I'm at the point where I have a useless degree and the thing that I thought I was going to do literally for my whole life, like since I was like 11, 12 years old, I thought I was going to be a ministry. Didn't want to do that. And the only thing I knew how to do, which was door to door. Now I know that I don't want to do that either. So the two things that I'm qualified to do and know how to do are off the table. And I have a mortgage to pay. I have a wife at home. Like I have stuff that has to be taken care of. I can't just go see my mom's couch. And so it was really kind of a low point for me. It was more of like a hit a wall or back against the wall type of a moment where um, I was like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life or what I want to do with my life. And I don't know what that looks like. And I felt like I was doing the work of a 15 year old, um, but I was 23 um, and I had responsibilities. So luckily my, my wife actually went back to work uh, for a period of time and uh, we kind of cashed out on a real estate deal that we had. And um, I took like six, seven months and all I did was personal development. First time in my life, uh, never Never, uh, I was never a reader. I hated reading, um, but started picking up books and listening to audio books and then found that I really liked the audio, um, platform better than, uh, than sitting down and reading, even though I still forced myself to read. And that's when I came across podcasting and, uh, just became an avid consumer of podcasts, man, whatever I was doing, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. So I'd go to the gym, have a podcast in, I'd be in my car, have a podcast in or an audio or like a Jim Rohn, something or other, you know, and, uh, just cut, kept just kind of discovering more and more podcasts and eventually got to the point where I was like, I think this would be kind of cool. 
You know, I, I think it would be cool to start a podcast. No idea what that meant. No idea what the work would go, where, where the work would go or how I'd make money off of it in the future. Like it was just kind of like, oh, I hear some people make money on podcasts. At the time I followed John Lee Dumas and he was posting, he still does post his income reports at the end of every month and he breaks down how he made money that month. And so I was like, oh, cool. I could probably do a couple of those things, you know, get some sponsors, launch well, do it effectively. So I just started a show. Um, and it was called build your network. And, um, I, you know, put in the work became, uh, you know, uh, became, a you know, pretty good top business show. It was never massive. It was never the size of an entrepreneur on fire type of a thing, but it, it did pretty well. And so people started asking me, Hey, how'd you do that? And so I started doing some podcast coaching, some consulting, some courses. And then through all of that, found that the number one consistent thing that came up all the time that people were always asking me about was, hey, how'd you get that guest? How did you get in front of that person? Um, and uh, so that's what kind of drove us to go ahead and start the software platform called Guestio, which was a way for people to con communicate with guests that they actually really wanted to get on their show, not like desperate people that... Uh, that had never been on a podcast before. And not to say that that's bad. It's just like, it's a, it's a different stage. It's a different place, right? Um, so we, we got to work building Guestio and that was that was a couple of years ago. And now that's kind of the full-time thing. So that was a lot, but that's kind of- <laughs> That's an A to Z. I love it. Timeline. I love it. Cool. Um, so let's, let's, I want to drop right into that part where you're launching your first podcast. And I want to compare that, run a comparison to, and I don't know if you've got, I think you've got some other shows and you've done some other cool collaborations, but Compare that first show to what you're doing now or what a podcast that you'd launch now. Let's just say you launch, launch a new podcast this year. What are you doing differently um, from a perspective of getting guests on or growing the show, et cetera, et cetera? Like what are the kind of the big things to stick out to you in 2022 that you're yeah. doing differently to launch a podcast? Well, it's actually a very relevant question because we just launched a new podcast like two weeks ago. Um, with, yeah, with, yeah, with my, yeah, my, it was my, my producer, uh, is, is now my co-host and partner on that. And then my wife is actually one of the co-hosts on that show as well. Um, it's called figuring it out. And we took obviously everything that we learned from building network and all the stuff that we studied helping our own clients launch shows for a couple of years before we got into guestio, um, and applied all of that to this. The big difference though, is to me, if you want to ensure a successful podcast launch, it's all about paid advertising. Can you afford to pay money to go acquire listeners for your show? That's really, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, man. Like it's, yes, you can do certain things in the launch. Yes, you know, you can try to get opt-ins and you can run some traffic and stuff like that. But ultimately, the best, mo the number one way to become a successful podcaster is to create really great content and be able to afford to drive traffic to that content without running out of money until you're able to make money from the show. Like that's really the name of the game. And frankly, that's really the name of the game of any business, right? So it's, it's really just like the mindset shift of looking at your podcast like a business rather than looking at it like, oh, I have a podcast. If you, I always tell people, man, if you treat your podcast like a hobby, that's, what's, that's what it's going to pay you like. If you treat your podcast like a business, then it's going to pay you like a business. And uh, so I tend to treat my podcast like a business. So it took me like... It took me a full year with Build Your Network to get from... To get to 100,000 downloads. It took me a full year... Um, and I was releasing three interviews a week back then. So roughly 150, um, uh, 150 episodes to get to a hundred thousand downloads total. We're like, we're like two weeks in on figuring it out right now. And we're close to 30,000 downloads in the first two weeks. So we'll beat what I did with build your network in a fraction of the time with a fraction of the episodes. 
Um, and it's because the content is much easier. It's like, it's just easier to get good people on. Like we're long, we launched with a guest lineup of like Shaquille O'Neal and Rob Deerdeck, and we're bringing on Josh Peck and Ed Milet and Max Lukavir and Whitney Miller, like all these different people right, that are, right, right, right. It, it's just so much easier, <laughs> man. When I have like a that. show that had 900 episodes and interviewed the best people in the world, it's just way, yep. way, way, way easier to go get these, these people to say yes. And now that I have 900 reps under my belt, not to mention the three or 400 shows I've been interviewed on, it makes it easier to come up with good quality mm-hmm. content. And so we're, we're able to kind of start from the beginning, like start from scratch, but not start right. from scratch. Exactly. You know you've got the skill you put in the work. Um, now, you, the stuff you've done with the 900 episodes you've released, 300 episodes you've plus you've been on, that's hours and work you've put in. I don't think anyone can buy that skill set. I really don't think so. So putting that aside and looking at this launch you guys just did and, and how successful it was, You've got the great guests as well, which is a huge factor. Um, I'd love to dive in. I didn't expect to plan or to do this, but I'd love to dive in and kind of like, let's like look at like, what is it you guys did that you think could be replicatable? Some of the stuff is skill set and network. That's like a heavy part of it. But what are some of the things that could be replicatable in somebody else's podcast that you guys implemented to make it so successful? Yeah. um, Focus on your, focus on the data that you own. It took me years to learn this, bro. I, I was so resistant. When I started my show, I just, I, I did not want to become an internet marketer. Um, for some reason, I had this kind of like idea in my mind about what that person looked like and I didn't want to be that. So I was so resistant to like building an email list and stuff. I was like, I'm just a podcaster. I'm just a podcaster. But at the end of the day, if you're a podcaster, you have to be a marketer. You have to be an internet marketer. You have to be an online marketer because that's literally what podcasting is. It's an online medium that you have to market to get listeners for. So you have to sort to a certain extent put that hat on. And so when I say focus on the data that you own, I'm not talking about driving traffic to a Facebook group. I'm not talking and, and although that is important. I'm not talking about um, you know, driving traffic just to your your podcast RSS or something, although that is important because downloads are the main metric of a successful podcast, right? But I'm talking about the data that you own, an email list or a text list. Um, you know, well, maybe not a messenger list because Facebook still kind of owns that. Um, but an email list and a text list for sure. So the one thing that we did differently with this launch is uh, we set up an opt-in page. And then we took clips of our of our first few episodes, like our trailer, my interview with Shaq, and some of the more prominent, maybe more recognizable faces, but also just really good um, you know, sound bites, 30, 60 second kind of real type, TikTok type clips. And we boosted those on social. And then sent traffic to our signup page to say, get notified when this episode, this full episode drops. So anybody that was interested in hearing the 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds can click in and, you know, put in their, their email and phone number. So when we launch, we can text and email everybody that signed up for that list. But yeah, so, so that was, that was one of the things. The other thing is buying ads on podcast platforms, you know, like don't forget that Apple and Spotify are not the only ones that are out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of other platforms out there, uh, podcast addict and, uh, cast box and, uh, some of these other ones where you'll, you'll, you, you can actually buy banner ads and stuff like that on the podcast listening platforms. They don't have the size of the audiences as Spotify or Apple podcast, but they'll still have, you know, five, 10, 15, 20, 30 million users, uh, which is, you know, still a really good, uh, you know, group of people to throw your ads in front of, to try to increase your, um, you know, awareness around the launch of your show. 
So, and then the other thing is always guests, you know, not guests, not, not just guests on your show. Obviously it helps tremendously. If nobody's ever heard of Travis Chappell, they know who Shaq is. So that it's, it helps tremendously on getting great guests on your show. But I'm also talking about getting, becoming a guest in other people's shows, um, and collaborations with existing creators that have the audience that you want. Um, I, I would put time, energy, effort, and investment into trying to get booked on, on other people's shows Got to it. promote. So content. like, for example, I think this launch you just did. Did you did you get on shows? Were you able to like what was that look like, and what was the timeline? If you did get on, and like how yeah. far in advance did you start? I think that'd be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. So so for this show launch, I actually did not follow my own advice on that, um, but that was because that was for a specific mm -hmm. reason. Um, so if if you're not in the position that I was in, then I would still highly recommend doing like some sort of a show tour. Um, when you're getting, when you're starting the show, um, and you're going to want to start it pretty far in advance. If you want the episodes to be launched on the week or two weeks or three weeks after you launch your show, because most people have a bank of content, they're two, three months scheduled out. So you have to do, you have to start thinking about it, um, in, in advance. Uh, so you got to make a list of shows, find contact, and then start reaching out and pitching cold emails, um, and just saying, Hey, love to come on your show. Here's some value that I can provide. We have a whole kind of training on that. Um, or the, that's kind of what Guestio has turned into. So when we first built Guestio, it was kind of like cameo for podcasters. Go on there and book, you know, John Lee Doom or Jordan Harbinger or Manny Pacquiao or somebody like that or Les Brown on your show and you can pay them money, they can go on your show. It's kind of pivoted more into being a platform that helps people get booked on shows because that just serves a much wider audience. And so um, now what you can do is you can pay 97 bucks, uh, be a Guestio Pro user, uh, create a, a media profile that acts as your media kit. And uh, and then you can go inside of the application and pitch shows that have listed themselves in our marketplace and said, like, I'm open to taking guests. Now, a lot of those shows uh, will charge for the guest spot because that's what we encourage them to do. Uh, if you're going to go through an agency or something, there's a ton of dozens, dozens, dozens of podcast booking agencies out there. If you're going to go to an agency, they're on average going to charge you four to $500 for every single appearance that they get you booked on. And so if you use Guestio and you pay 97 bucks and you can pitch yourself onto some shows and some of them might accept you for free, but some of them might respond back and be like, hey, it's 50 bucks. Well, 50 bucks still beats the hell out of 500 bucks. Uh, which is exactly what the agency was going to charge you to get on that same show, by the way, same exact show, 50 bucks. And by the end, the money goes to the show host, the person with the actual audience and not the agency that doesn't build, that didn't build an audience. Um, so I, I just think it's a much, it's a much more responsible way to use your finances. Like the only way that I'd be paying like kind of done for you podcast booking services, because we also have that on our, on the back end. The only way I'd be doing that is if like you already have a lot of money you you're you're promoting an offer or a campaign or something but you're, you're just trying to cut the line you're just like hey look i've you know i don't want to start from scratch here i don't have time to get in here and pitch myself on the shows but i do have thirty thousand dollars burning a hole in my pocket so can you help me out you know what i mean like that's a different story right um but yes yeah uh, getting booked on shows is still to this day to me the most effective way to grow your your podcast audience because of the quality of the people that come into your show 
That's like the number one metric to me because like we can get a windfall of traffic and an increased download number from some of these other campaigns that I'm talking about, right? Like sending traffic to a lander or, or, or buying banner ads on a listening app. But the quantity does not make up for the lack of quality there. Um, so, you know, there, these are types of people that are just going to be subscribe and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And your episodes might get downloaded, but do they get listened to? Man, maybe. Do they get listened to all the way through? The odds are pretty low. But if you and I like spend time on this interview, and somebody in your audience goes like, and somebody in your audience is still listening to this and they make it through all the way to the end of this episode and they go, Hey, I like that Travis guy. He was pretty cool. You know, then like they, then they come over to my show and click on my show and subscribe and listen. They're going to be a real listener. They're going to be like a real fan because they got to know me over the course of 30, 45 minutes on somebody else's show that they already know, like, and trust. So that traffic that comes over to your channel or your show from those guest opportunities, it may not be a windfall of traffic and you may not see a, 3,000% increase in your download numbers that month. Um, but they are going to be very high quality people. And that's ultimately, bro, like that's all, that's people don't understand. If you can cultivate a really solid community of 12 people, 30 people, 100 people who really, really like your content, that's the baseline for moving. Like it's, it's, it's like trying to find product market fit when you're building a company. It's you're, you're basically just trying to find content market fit. You're trying to find the people who care the most about the stuff that you talk about the most. And then those people will act as like your main tribe, your main group of fans that will help you start to spread your message, share your content, put it out to more people. That's why it's so important to, to have the, the list or the email list or a Facebook group, a way, to connect it, a way to connect with the people that are listening to your show besides just having them listen to your show. Give them access to you in some kind of a way. Like bring them together in a community. Let people that listen to your show talk to each other, meet each other, and have that commonality. There's something very, very, very powerful about about two. Like what happens when when two people connect with each other? What happens? Both parties are searching for commonality. That's what we're wired to be that way as humans. We want to connect with the person that we're that we're meeting. So we're we're searching for that commonality. Oh, where'd you grow up? Oh, what are your interests? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? Um, you know that that's why people tend to stick to groups of people that uh, are, are already recognizable to them, right? Like, oh, we speak the same language, or you know, we have the uh, similar friend groups, or we're wearing the same brand of clothing. Like, people are always searching for commonality, and so the, when you can give them on a silver platter their commonality and their commonality happens to be you, that's a very powerful form of connecting and building community because that community's ultimate connection is like, how do you know Travis? How'd you come across the show? How did you, how do you, how, how did you, how did you find figuring out? how did you find building network? You know what I mean? Like, did you listen to it on this show? Did you find it on that show? How did you get in touch with these people? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know that person too. Oh no, no way. That's crazy. They're building like a relationship that's built on a foundation of commonality that you gave them. And that's super powerful and highly underrated because people, when they're starting to show, they're, they're only thinking about the numbers. How do we boost numbers? How do we boost numbers? How do we boost numbers? It's not about the numbers, it's about the people. You know what I mean? Because that's what's going to bring you the long-term success. That if you find a very solid community, a foundation of people that actually give a shit about what you're talking about, those people are going to act as the evangelists that are going to go out and get more people to come in and listen to what it is that you're talking about. I, I really resonate with that because there's so, like you said, like the and this is from personal experience, the podcast guests or the, the listeners that you get from other shows that you go on are way more engaged, way more valuable. We had, I had one yep. person that was on a podcast last year come and spend 30 grand with us, more than 30 grand now with us. And 
that paid for every other appearance that I went on. One client, one interview, yep. one call. <laughs> That's all it took. You know, and I'm sure you've got a million stories like that. It's not even sales. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even sales at that point, bro. Like you, you're just you're just an order yeah. taker. If somebody if somebody does the work of coming out because they liked you that much, they trust you that much, they want what you have to offer, and they end up on a sales call with you, it's not a sales call. It's literally just like, hey, man, great to meet. What do you want to do? You know, like it's it's the easiest it's the easiest form of selling yep. that there is because they they already know like and trust you before you even jump on a call. Fun fact. Every one of our episodes gets consumed about 79% of the way through. That means some of you, and I don't know who, but maybe it's you, some of you are actually not listening to the outro, which is absurd. But anyways, if that's you, if you are a busy entrepreneur and you are already running a successful business and you want to figure out how can I launch my podcast and guarantee it gets ranked and gets the exposure and visibility that I know I deserve because I'm an expert in my, in my field and I've helped people achieve amazing success, then I would love to chat with you. And the easiest way to do that is to shoot me a text. I'm not much of a, of a phone guy, but shoot me a text, 561-889-2447. That's 561-889-2447. And I will send you a booking link if you're interested in launching a podcast with us and want us to guarantee that you'll get ranked in the top 100. Now, you have to qualify. We don't offer this to everybody, but if you are a successful entrepreneur who's looking to expand your brand, your personal brand or business brand into the podcasting space and you want to do it right and you want to get ranked, then this is for you, all right? Remember, it's 100% money back guaranteed. So that means if we don't deliver on our promise, we will send you your money back. So again, enjoy the episode and hope to hear from you soon. Bye for now. Now, you've been, and I want to pivot this conversation a little bit because that's a great piece. Now, the thing that I look at you and I see you, people people who probably know you and know your brand, they know you're the guy who's done a great job, like you said before, of finding big names and getting them on your show. Um, mm -hmm. You've been doing it for a few years now, so I know you've got tools, skills, you've built a tool chest of, of probably a lot of things that you do to nurture that relationship, to open that relationship in the beginning, and then also to to further grow it and to use it as a tool for a number of different things in your life. So in the, the Travis today in 2022, um, you know, what, what are you doing differently with your, when you bring on a shack, let's just say compared to what you were doing, obviously when you're getting started, right? Like what are the things that you're doing now that are more advanced that you just learned from doing 900 plus interviews? Yeah. So with that one in particular, and with a couple other ones we've done recently, the, the one metric that makes it really easy to get people is money, mm. frankly. Yeah. yeah, like I I didn't pay Shaq by the way. I actually just donated to a charity yeah. uh, that uh, that mattered to him, um, and uh, and it was like through this charity auction thing. So I kind of got lucky on that one. Uh, but for but for some of these other people, like I'm just saying, hey, come on my show. I'll pay you money, and then all of their questions <laughs> go out the window. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like there, there's like no yeah. follow-ups there. They like for, for the most part, right? Like they're, they obviously want to know that I'm not some like scam artist and they're not going to tarnish their brand by coming on my show, but it, you know, quick Google search and they, they're totally fine with it. So that's one thing that I'm doing this year that I've never done before, especially for the new show. Um, and we don't pay for every single guest. Um, but we, but some of our guests, we definitely do. And, you know, I, that's what we do with guestio anyway. So like I, it, it makes a lot of sense for me to kind of be the one kind of 
pioneering that or leading the way and being willing to do that. But to me, it's the same thing as like an event. Like some people have this weird uh, aversion to it where they're like, well, I would never pay somebody to come on my show. It like, for some reason, like taints the brand or something. But then I'll always ask them like, okay, are you planning, I, 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 few, a few people have asked this question. Are you planning on ever doing any live events with your brand? Like if, as you continue to grow your podcast and your audience, you continue, are you planning on doing any live events? I'll give people, and I'll get people, you know, that'll say, Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think I think that that's a really good direction for us. You know, I think we're going to put on some live events. I was like, you planning on paying your speakers? And it's like a it's like an immediate like, oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there, there's an aversion to it because it doesn't really happen, but it has happened the whole time. For like, everybody has a speaking fee. You know what I mean? Like a podcast fee is just like a small fraction of your speaking fee, but it still gives you the same connection. Why wouldn't you be willing to pay somebody for their time if they've actually earned the ability to charge for their time? And can like can you get them for free? Sure. You know, is it is it is it does it feel better to get them for free? Yes. But if you don't want to take the time to get to that point, then you can pay them and skip all of that. That's my point. Right? Like when I started it took me like two and a half, three years to build a bank of guests. And I went to events. I flew across the country. I networked with uh, executive assistants and chiefs of staff. And I joined masterminds. And like I did all of this other stuff to be able to get in contact with a lot of these people and bring them on my show for free and earn the appearance. And that's great. But if you have some money and you can afford to do it, it's much, 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 much easier and saves so much time if you just go, hey, Here's a thousand bucks. Let's spend an hour together on Zoom sometime. Here's two thousand, like whatever it is, right? So, like that's that's like my number one thing is like you have to be willing to look at the long term of how that's going to affect you and your brand over there, or like with with the with long tail. Like when people, like you got to think about your online business card, right? Like your website, your Instagram, your like your other social media channels. Now, when people come to my stuff. The one of the first things they see or notice every single time is like, oh, you've had Shaq. Like that's still to like to this day. Anytime somebody visits me, it's like, oh, you've had Shaq. Wow, you know, like that's like one of the first things they say every time. It's like so. First of all, I like I said on that one, I got to donate to a charity, so it was already a win-win scenario right off the bat. Um, but like, has it been worth that dollar amount since then? Absolutely, because it makes my job so much easier. I don't have to like try to convince people to believe that I'm credible when they showed up, my, up to my profile and see that I'm sitting down with Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people, I think it's hard, especially like kind of in the space where you and I come from a little bit in, in the direct response world, especially people don't see, like if people don't see the direct ROI, they're not willing to invest in it. You know, it's like, well, I can put it like if I do an IG shout out campaign, if I do a Facebook ad campaign or a Google or YouTube campaign, like I know I'm, I, I can put in $1 and I can get $5 back. It's like, okay, that's great. But what are you going to have to do next year? You got to do the same thing. You always got to put in a dollar to get $5 back. You always got to like, because that cost, you know, Facebook or Apple changes one thing on iOS and now all of a sudden you're putting in $1 and getting $2.23 back. You know what I mean? So if you're not if you're not focused on building brand and credibility and authority and recognition by doing things that are differentiating you from everybody else in your space and allowing you to be able to charge full rates on the things that you have available to your clients, then like at some point it's going to yeah, catch up. Exactly. To you. And you're going to miss out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
yeah, it's uh, like, it's just a super, super underrated part of the process where people are like, I would never pay anybody to come on my show. It's like, well, I think you're missing out on some things then. And I think you're missing the, the, the point entirely. And it's not a bribe. It's literally like for that person, it's just a, it's just a matter of respect. It's like, Hey, I respect what you've built. You have tons of demand in your time and you have absolutely zero reason to come on my show for free. So I'm going to give you 3000 reasons to come on my show. You know what I mean? Like, here you go. <laughs> it just makes it, makes it so much easier. And I think it's a respectful thing to, to, to ask somebody and, or like maybe it's buying a bulk order of their books. Maybe it's get, like offering some sort of value in exchange where it's like real tangible value immediately. They don't have to question it. They don't have to look and see. Cause like everybody gets this like delusion about how awesome their show is. You know what I mean? Like everybody falls into that trap of like, well, but my show gets 900 downloads an episode. It's like, bro, what? <laughs> like this, that is almost zero value for the person that you're trying to pitch, but you're acting as if acting as if like they should be thanking you for bring like have some self-awareness, have some, some humility and have some respect for what that other per that, what that other party 100%. has built and be willing to offer something in that exchange. And, and, you know, some people you may not care that much, you know, they might reply and be like, actually, I'll do it if you pay me. And then you can be like, eh, pass, you know, like, uh, it'd be cool to get you on for free, but you don't mean that much to me to, you know, to pay for your time. Someone like Shaq for me, Shaq was a, literally my childhood hero, bro. Like jerseys, bobbleheads, oh, paintings, one. pictures yeah. all over my room. So like for me, like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, or excuse my language. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely do that because like, I, I, like since I was like seven, this dude was like my hero, you know? So yeah, that's worth uh, exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Um, Anything in the, so that's the front end. So locking down guests, if you put the money up front, exactly. You invest in yourself, you invest in your show, it's going to produce returns. And your show, if anyone wants to see how does that work for anyone else, like go look at Travis's show. Because the names, if you scroll down your Instagram, you see the names you, you've had on the show. It's like, well, no, no shit that this guy's a real deal. Um, when it comes to building that relationship after the podcast goes out, like after you press record or press end and it's like, hey, how do we go from like just, never seen this person again to like continuing to build the relationship like you have with like a Brad Lee or a Grant Cardone or, you know, all those other guys. Yeah. That one's a lot tougher. <laughs> um, yeah. it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to get somebody on your show. Um, but keeping up with them afterwards is a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. And this is really where it comes down to what value do you have to mm -hmm. offer? Um, cause all relationships are built on value in some way. So you have to like, for every person that I've kept a good relationship with, there's probably three people that I haven't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's difficult, especially when you're interviewing as many people as I was interviewing, it's really difficult to keep up relationships with all these different people. Uh, but one thing that we started doing last year that we'll be continuing into this year, uh, and this is, it's not a cheap way to do it, but I think it's a very valuable way to do it. We put on dinners, in-person dinners. And we invite out a bunch of past guests who've been on the show. All expenses are on me except for travel. Like I don't pay for them to fly out or anything, but I do pay for the entire dinner. I pay for an open bar and I bring as many good quality people as I can into a room together to connect with each other. And anytime, again, anytime you're the connector of a bunch of really great, high value, highly valuable, good quality people, to me, it's always a win. And again, for you 
direct response people and ROI people out there. Like you got to stop thinking about that in some sense. It's way more about ROR, return on relationships. How, how is this going to affect your ability to do business in this industry long-term? In five years from now, do you want it to, do you like, my question is always like, do you want your job to be easier in five years or do you want it to be just as difficult as it is today? Right. Because if you want it to be just as difficult as it is today, then only focus on the things that produce a complete direct ROI, right? It's like an insurance agent going to their local, um, you know, meetup group or whatever. It's like, if that's the only thing that you're doing to get business and you're just throwing your business card in as many people's faces as you possibly can every single week at this like chamber meeting or this, this, uh, you know, uh, business, you know, organization meetup or whatever, like if that's your entire marketing plan, then in 10 years, guess who's got to show up on Saturday morning at 6 a.m. to do the same thing? Yep. Your ass. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> you know those dudes, I mean? like, man. It's never going to go yeah. away. So like you, like investing long-term relationships, even though you might be leaving money on the table right now, is going to do wonders for your ability to bring more money to the table in years from now with doing half of the amount of work or less. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it's always a matter of like how long are you willing to do, to delay gratification if you're able if or if you're if you're able or willing to do that at all. And for me, like I frankly just kind of lucked into delaying gratification because when I first got started in this space, I didn't have a business. I didn't know what I was doing or what I was selling. Like the only thing I was trying to do was build a podcast and get good guests on my show. So I I literally didn't have a hidden agenda because I didn't even know what that agenda was. Like I didn't I didn't have anything to sell or or you know, put anything in front of anybody, um, which in retrospect, probably was a little bit of a mistake. But also when I started building Guestio, bro, it made it so much easier to, to like go get immediate, immediate, like good quality people listed onto the platform and supporting what I was doing. Because for the previous three years, all I'd ever done was try to add value to people and connect and make, make connections and introduce this person to this person or figure out how I can help somebody or bring them on my show or, get them connected with somebody else's show. Like I was just always trying to build relationships, build relationships, add value, add value, dig the well before I was thirsty. And then when I finally had an ask, it made it way easier for me just to kind of be like, hey, got this new thing launching. Doesn't cost you anything. A, Can you no support brainer. it? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I love that because I'm, I'm the same way. It's like at get, introducing people, getting people on shows, introducing guests, other guests and clients to clients. It's like a constant thing. It's the unscalable things that will build your business, I find, especially in the early days. Um, like yes. those are got to do a dozen scale in order to be able to exactly. do a dozen scale. Yeah, exactly. So, like you, yeah, the last three, four, five years has been introductions, interviews, connections. Like that's the name of the game, at least, at least it's been for me. Um, so man, this has been hyper valuable. Like if you're a podcaster or someone who wants to get into podcasting at a very high level and, and you want to exceed and you are willing to put the work in, like this is an interview you need to go down. And like there's two or three things there you list it out, whether it's like having a dinner and being the guy who's the connector or it's spending money to get the big guests on your show or it's spending, putting a little bit of money into Facebook ads or Instagram ads or TikTok ads, which are really cheap right now to actually get people to opt in to go to your show when it comes launch day. Um, you list out some killer things. So uh, we didn't talk about Guestio. We, we did talk about Guestio a little bit, but for people who want to get to know you more, is that the place, place, best place for them to go? I know I'm going to go sign up for an account. I've been, I've been looking. I've seen it for years. I just am like, there's so many things. But now knowing you, it's a different, yeah. different uh, experience. Yeah, like Guestio is a great place, man. Just to get, really just to get an idea of who I am and, and stuff that yep. I believe. But um, TravisChapel.com is like, 
kind of the hub. You can go find all my socials, my links, my, you can find Guestio over there. Um, so my personal site has all of that. Uh, but especially if you're a podcaster, one of the coolest things about Guestio is we work hard to help creators monetize more effectively. Um, so like I said, when, when I was looking at the podcast booking agency model, and this is not to talk crap on any podcast booking agencies, by the way, I have nothing but respect for anybody that sees a need, fills that need and builds a solution for that problem. The problem with that existing model to me as a podcaster is the podcaster is the only person in the transaction that doesn't make yeah, anything. Exactly. Right? They're like, think about it, right? The only asset that's being sold in that transaction is an audience. Mm-hmm. Whose audience is it? Not the agencies. Podcasters. Yeah. Like, well, right. Yeah. The, the podcaster has the audience, they built the audience, but the agency basically takes the audience of the podcaster and sells it to a client, right? So like client comes in and they have an offer to sell. Agency takes money from that client, goes to a bunch of podcasters who have audiences and goes, hey, would you like to bring this guest on your show? They bring the guest on the show. Guest goes on the show, promotes their offer. They make money from from the podcaster's audience because the audience buys something from the client. The podcast booking agency makes money because the client paid them four or $500 to get them booked on that show. Because of the audience of the podcaster. The podcaster makes zero dollars <laughs> to do all of the work. Yeah, it's just like literally all of the work. Like they built the audience, they put time and energy and effort into growing right. a brand. Like they brought the guest on. Like if you if you've ever been a guest on shows and had your own show, you know how much more difficult it is to bring a guest on your show than it is to be interviewed on other shows. So like they're doing the majority of the work in the interview. They're doing the majority of the work on the post-interview because they're the ones editing the show, uploading it, writing show notes, coming up with content clips and social media assets for sharing. And they, like, they literally do all of the work in the transaction and get paid zero of the dollars in the transaction. And that, like, to, that to me was a broken model because um, I would get booking agencies that I would, I, would, like, I would tell them. I'd be like, hey, we have like 35 people in line. If you pay 500 bucks, we'll interview your client. And they're like, oh, we only do earned, we only do earned appearances. I was like, that's an interesting choice of words to me because... You're getting paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And I like, built the audience. It's clearly not earned. Like you are getting paid to go earn it. But like yeah. if if it's not like then sell it to your audience. Oh, wait, you don't have one. You have to have my audience in order for you to make it. Like it was just so broken to me. So the thing with Guestio, like our core differentiator is we like to pay creators. So I think we're, we're coming up on almost $100,000 that we've paid to creators in the last three or four months alone. Um, so if you have a show and you take guests on that show, um, then you're definitely going to want to sign up for a Guestio account. We just take 20%. That's our thing. So you go, you list your show, and you say, hey, I'll charge 50 bucks. I'll charge 100 bucks. We usually charge, we usually recommend like 100 $150 CPM. So if you get 5,000 downloads an episode, you charge 500 bucks. You get 200 downloads an episode, you charge 20 bucks. That's about the pricing that we recommend. Um, so you go in, you say how much you want to charge, um, and then uh, you can also receive pitches for free. So anybody can pitch you for free. And then uh, if you if you can add a little order bump on the pitch and say, if you want a guaranteed response for me within 48 hours, you'll be sending this pitch because you're on the crunch timeline, that's 20 bucks. So pitch me for free. But if you want me to 100% respond within 48 hours, pay me five bucks, pay me 10 bucks, and I'll definitely do that. Um, and then you can pay me for the guest booking and you can pay me to promote this episode to my other audiences that are not on the podcast. So, oh, you know, my podcast gets 300 downloads an episode, but my email list gets, 
you know, my email list has 43,000 people on it and we have a 20% open rate. So if you pay me an extra 300 bucks on top of the 50 bucks for the appearance, I'll send an email out to my list and promote this, e promote this interview three times over the next three weeks or whatever. So like it's built to help creators monetize what they've built in a more effective manner. And the majority of people that, especially for the higher level shows, we have our backend agency clients. All of the agency clients that we have are all very high quality guests. So every show that's worked with us on that end, we've had a show that we've paid $16,000 to in the last six weeks or so. Um, and every guest we've sent him, he's like, bro, I'll bring all these people on for free. They're great guests. Like, keep them coming. But we have budgets from those guests and we manage and spend those budgets for them. So not only is he getting great quality guests, but he's actually got paid $16,000, which is more than he gets paid on his sponsorships. Yeah. So yeah. um, our, our goal event is just to continue onboarding as many great quality shows and platforms that have put in the work to build an audience and try to get them actually mm. paid for the work that I love they've it. done. Love it. Dude, um, thank you for coming on. We will make sure everything you mentioned, Guestio, all of the links for the new show, new podcast, and your old podcast, Build Your Network, will be in the show notes. And um, dude, I respect you and thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having oh. me on. This was a lot of fun. Hey, Lewis again. I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you took something away that's going to help you on your journey towards launching a top ranking podcast that get 100,000 listeners or more, ideally more. Now, remember the focus of this show is to help business owners launch podcasts that add more profit to their bottom line and more authority and credibility to their name. That's what we're about here on this podcast. Now, if that's you and you want help launching your podcast and getting it to rank in the top 100 of your category or your money back, then maybe my team and I can help you. But hold on. I do not want you to take my word for it. We all know that you can go on YouTube and learn how to launch a podcast. You can hire a million different companies and freelancers and consultants to help you. So I'd rather you hear from other business owners just like you who have gone through our process, gotten the results, and love what they have built. Check it out. Once I hired Lewis, he helped organize the entire show, the pre-launch, the contest. We had an epic contest, which is all Lewis is masterminding and uh, his whole organization of how to do that. We had over 107,000 entries into this contest. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, don't think twice because the investment is worth tenfold, not two or threefold, tenfold, tenfold for what you invest with Lewis. Only a matter of a few weeks, the podcast got launched. They also supported me through the entire launching process, how to communicate with my audience to maximize the results. And when it did launch within a few days, uh, we made it to the top 50 in two different countries. Uh, we get about 25,000 downloads a month and the podcast has literally completely changed my business. My podcast right now has 10x my business and that's not an exaggeration. When I started working with Lewis, I was making about 40K a month. Right now my business is making $400,000 a month and I credit a lot of that to the podcast. And then when they listen to one episode of the podcast, they'll listen to another episode of the podcast and then that cold lead will turn into a warm lead that turns into a hot lead that becomes my customer. Right now I have 775 active clients and a lot of those people found us because of the podcast. Luis Diaz is the man. He knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to starting a podcast. He knows exactly what he's talking about in terms of getting your podcast to 100,000 downloads. Because right now my podcast has over 225,000 downloads and it's been about a year and seven months. I didn't just want to do a podcast. 
I wanted to do it the right way. We are at number two in the parenting category of Apple Podcasts the week that we launched. We're now hanging tight in the top 25. Could not have done any of this without your assistance, Lewis. Literally, I keep asking Lewis, like, how can I give you more money? Like, what else can we do together? Because literally working with you has changed my life. It's changed my podcast. It's bigger than that. It's changed my business. Lewis Diaz, badass podcast growth expert.